Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert. Today, I'm here with my long-term plastic surgery buddy, co-host of the Plastic Surgery, the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, and associate, Dr. Millicent Ravello. Dr. Ravello, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, and I am all of those things. You are. I I, I am. (laughs) I was just reading off your resume. That's all. I just wanted to like, you know, just get it out there. Hit the highlights. Um, Because the point of this podcast um, was actually brought to us by a loyal friend, listener, and scribe. (laughs) Because she's like, how did you guys meet? (laughs) How did this happen? How did this happen? How come you're on billboards? Yeah, And if you you know Kim, that's that's what she sounds like. And we do. And we are on billboards. And it is a good question. How did we get here? How did we get here? How did you meet your plastic surgeon? So how I met you um, was when I was a USC plastic surgery resident that was sent to your practice my last year of plastic surgery residency to be educated by you. And I actually remember the exact moment that I met you because, you know, when you're residents, you're high strung all the time and you're always worried about like making a bad impression and being late and like not studying for your cases. And I had never been to the Beverly Hills area for where your office was and I was trying to find it and I was so lost. And I, the previous resident was like, oh, you're going to park in this garage and so you're going to walk through this alleyway and then you're going to cross the street and then you're going to find the office and it's behind a hill and the, the, the directions were awful. So I'm like walking in circles around Beverly Hills and I was like, I'm going to be late on my first day. <laughs> <laughs> and then I see you crossing the street on Camden in your scrubs, wearing your monogram Jay Calvert scrubs. And I was like, that's Dr. Jay Calvert. <laughs> I was like, Dr. Calvert, Dr. Calvert. <laughs> yeah. My name is Melissa Ravello, and I'm the chief resident on your service, and I'm so sorry I'm late. And uh, you were like, eh, I'm going to creation to get some juice. You want to come with me? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how it goes. And I was like, oh, yes, please. Yep, that was it. And that is how I met your plastic surgeon. Yeah, and then you uh, you were able to you know learn stuff while you were uh, on service, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean I remember you were definitely a very knowledgeable resident for sure. I I noticed that immediately. Uh, many of the residents would come over, and they didn't they didn't uh, I don't know. You, I think it was probably your general surgery background because mm-hmm. you were you were a like a badass general surgeon before getting into plastic surgery, and that. You know, the, a lot of people don't know how you become a plastic surgeon. And there's all these, you know, there's all these questions about like, well, you know, do you have to, you know, do heart surgery first? Do you have to do, you know, bowel surgery first? And and there are like many ways to get to plastic surgery residency. Uh, but you did a very, you know, traditional way of getting there, which is do a full general surgery residency yep. and then come to USC for the plastic surgery portion, which right. makes you just double board certified. Yes. Um, and, you know, it, it is a, uh, you know, there are other ways to get there. You, you can do orthopedics first. You can do ENT first. You can do Just straight uh, urology. Plastics. You can yeah. do an integrated plastic surgery program yeah. right out of medical school. Um, so there's all way, all different ways to get there. But reality is, is that when you finished, you know, you did a great job, you know, in your residency, you were an all-star. Obviously, I picked up on that. And that's when uh, you were done. I invited you to kind of hang out in Roxbury and say, look, you can build a practice here. I said, I don't have a job for you because at the time I really didn't. It, it, you know, hiring somebody is a very 
big responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I give a lot of credit to the guys who, and gals who say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to hire an associate to right. work for me because that means providing them with a salary and with personnel and you know, you're with investing patience, a yeah. ton of money yeah. into that person. Uh, but I did say you could hang out and that I would uh, help you and teach you and do all that I could to make you the best plastic surgeon possible. And I, I think, you know, that's when, uh, when you were able to really rise up in your career, which, you know, you were able to find your, your hospital based practice. You were able to find your aesthetics based practice in Beverly Hills. And the whole time we were, you know, conversing and making, you know, the academia of what we do kind of a priority. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that is how I sort of landed there. Um, obviously, you already had the practice set up. And when I was finishing my residency, you know, like, you know, nine, eight, nine months after I'd first met you, I needed a job. I was coming out. I, had, I needed to make money because that's what happens when yes, you finish you training. <laughs> you got to make money. And L.A. is a really hard place uh, to set up shop as a plastic surgeon. There's just so much competition, you know, and there are very, very few practices that will hire you, you know, unless you're working in a university system or, you know, you're doing all the big recon type of stuff. And so I just needed a job. And my um, my program director in my residency directed me to you. He was like, yeah, I don't really know how to help you, Um I don't, you know, go talk to Jay Calvert. He seems to have his finger on the pulse in this city. So I'm like, dear, dear Dr. Calvert, I'd like to talk to you about <laughs> potential. And I had no idea what you would say. I just showed up meeting with you and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I just, I need to stay in the city. And I, you know, do you know of anybody or do you know of any places? And you were like, why don't you open up shop here? And I was like, oh, that was that was not where I was going with this, but that was uh, okay. <laughs> when can I start? So yeah, so I yeah I hung a shingle and opened up shop in your in your office, and it worked out really well because we and to this day we still have two totally separate practices. Like from a financial standpoint, they're separate; they don't mingle. Um, we share some of the same personnel and office space. But you have your practice, and you run it in a certain way, and I have my practice, and we just happen to be in proximity to each other with some overlap of using the fellows and the facilities and the personnel. And it's worked out really well. Um, I was able to really you know, build my practice, gain my experience, bring in my patients, all while having you know, a really trusted, you know, experienced surgeon you know, who can help me out when I have questions or you know, have you know, just support. In general. Yeah, there's a lot to that because, you know, when you get started, you know, you can make you can make a lot of mistakes or you can make a, a few mistakes. And if you have somebody that you can kind of bounce things off and say, what about this? And, and somebody can run in the OR and check on, you know, what you're up to. And, you know, and I think really your your advancement in, for instance, in facial aesthetics like that. Yeah, that was huge. That's a big deal. Yeah. Like you got people flying in for facelifts now. That's right. not, that didn't happen, you know, and you're, you're not, you know, like me 20 years out of your residency, you know, you're, you're, you're a lot younger than your, your senior associate here, but you are already very advanced, you know, and especially, you know, I see your patients, you know, I was taking the sutures out of one of your facelift patients and she looked fantastic. She was literally over the moon with her result and she should be, this is a great facelift and that is you know, and, and you didn't do a, a aesthetics fellowship. You didn't do any of the things that, you know, kind of get you to where you are now in, in that amount of time, but just from the, 
the relationship that we've had yeah. as associates, it may, I think it's, it's huge. And from my standpoint, you know, you've, you've really brought a lot to the table for me in terms of my breast practice, which I do a ton of breast surgery, but the stuff you do, mere mortals can, can <laughs> will shudder at the stuff that you're doing at your hospital-based practice with your weight loss patients and, and these uh, people who've had just difficult breast reconstructions, and, and, and I've learned a lot from you. So it, it is a, it's a symbiotic relationship in a lot of ways. And then, of course, the podcast came about when I started doing my hockey podcast. <laughs> and, yes. Because and I, I love hockey. And I don't know if anybody knows that, but... Um, yeah, you know, in case our listeners don't know, because we actually don't talk about that on this podcast, no. you have like a whole other podcast, by the way. I do. It is. It is a, <laughs> and it's a podcast that anybody listening to this podcast, unless you are a hockey fan, you cannot. You can't even like get through five minutes of it. That's something they probably don't even know because like there's n- no not a whole overlap. lot of cross population there other than you. No, but I love I love hockey, and and so I was doing a hockey podcast because. That that is an interesting story. After after the Vegas Golden Knights came to be, I, I was I was very uh, I, I was helpful in assisting uh, the the owners of the Vegas Golden Knights in writing their pitch to the NHL to to Gary Bettman and sort of what they were doing early on because they 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 weren't really hockey people; they were more basketball people. And uh, and after they got the team and things were going great and they were selling tickets left and right, the you know. Uh, my friend was like, you, you, you need to do something with your hockey knowledge. <laughs> so I started podcasting because I didn't know what else to do. And then I got called by the owner of Podcast One to come in. And, and so that's when uh, Dr. Hockey came to be. And as I was doing Dr. Hockey, I was like, I, I have to take some real estate in the plastic surgery podcast world. If I, if I don't do that now, you know, I was on the very, very front end of that podcast wave, scene, you know, yeah. as much as, you know, Blake Griffin in, in our favorite little video clip is like, you know, I'm starting a podcast. I really think I got something to say, you know, in, in the uh, shit people say, uh, LA people say. Um, but I said, I need to do this. And I, and I grabbed you. I said, what if we did a, a plastic surgery podcast together and did point counterpoint? And, and, you know, I think you know, it's interesting. Like, uh, we don't have too many guests on here, and when we do, I think I think it goes okay. But I I think this this setup is our best venue for what we need to do with this podcast. Well, yeah, because I think we're pretty good at, at getting the information in a sort of a distilled way out there, and that's actually so. You were having your like podcast moment, and then on my side, I was having you know all my friends, especially once I was actually in the plastic surgery space as a big girl plastic surgeon, you know, they're always calling, texting, asking, well, what about this? Or what about that? Because my friends are kind of scattered across the country. And so they'd be texting me like, so like, does this actually work? Or should I be doing this? Or what do we think about, you know, vitamin infusions? And do I need to get microneedling? And what do you think about threading? And so I'm constantly like fielding these things. And they're like, oh, so that's just snake oil. Or, oh, that's not a thing. Or, Oh, so that's just marketing. And one of my really good friends in Texas was like, you know, you really should have a podcast, like where you can just tell people all the stuff that you tell me all the time. Because she's like, I have no idea. I have no idea if I'm being lied to. I have no idea if this is marketing, like garbage. And so you really should have a podcast just to like tell us normal people, like what's what. And I was like, yeah, as if I would ever start a podcast. Like I have no time for that. And then you were doing your podcast thing and you said something about plastic surgery podcast. And I was like, like, yeah, my friend said I should start a plastic surgery podcast. Oh, what if 
And I was like, I'm only going to do it if you do it. And you were like, well, I'm only going to do it if you do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not, I didn't want to do it solo. That, that's for sure. This is, this is a really, and, and it's good that it's you and me because, you know, and I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts is Smartless and uh, it's Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and uh, Sean Hayes. And Jimmy Kimmel was their guest and they asked Jimmy for notes and he was like, all right, you know, I'll give you some notes. He goes, you know, he says, first of all, I love when you guys pretend to use the products on your commercials. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, no, we really do. Like we're not Uh sucking up here. He's like, no, I love the way that you guys pretend that you use it. That's one of my favorite things, how you bring it in and like try to bring it home for everybody. He goes, but I also don't think you need guests. He goes, I think he's, he goes, I think the three of you, he goes, my, some of my favorite parts of the podcast is when the three of you just sit there and banter and talk to each other and go around and around. And I think for us, it's the same thing. I mean, our guests are effective when we choose them for what we need them to, to talk about or, or whatever. And I, and I think we'll have more guests, you know, going forward, but especially, you know, that the, we have the studio space the way it is, you know, we've. We'll need to explore the studio space, you know, just like Bruce Dickinson said. Um, but the uh, that's that part where it's just you and I talking about plastic surgery items and and concepts and and how to do things and the post ops. It, it really like I think it drives it home for the patients, you know, and the prospective patients and and a lot of doctors who listen to this too are trying to learn aesthetic surgery. You know, residents residents don't know aesthetic surgery coming out of medical school. Right. They didn't have an aesthetic surgery course at Cornell University Medical College where I went to school. You know, it was not on the radar screen. So by the time they get to their residency, they're they're learning just like anybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this this brings it home for a lot of people. Yeah, it's good. It's been great for patients. Um, we try and dispel a lot of that social marketing stuff, um, like we mentioned earlier, and just give patients like the nitty gritty honest truth of what you need to know about plastic surgery and it has been helpful yes for other plastic surgeons who are out there and listening as well um and i think it's just yeah it's i think it's been i think it's been exactly what we set it up to be which was just like an honest discussion about plastic surgery and then because it we started it i mean it was late in the pla- in the podcast game but still kind of early this was like 2019 um, it was before lots of people had podcasts. And I remember talking about that with you and being like, at some point, podcasts are going to become like part of every plastic surgeon's, you know, social media presence, how patients are going to get to know their plastic surgeon. And I think we are heading there. You know, I think more and more plastic surgeons are definitely out doing their own podcast, getting their own voice and their own, you know, truth out there to their prospective patients. So I, I do think that's that's happening a little bit too. Yeah, I you mean, seem you seem dubious, skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> Some more than others. I, I think the problem is is that it's not easy to run a podcast. I don't think this is for everyone. I, I talked to a, a you know some marketing guy when we were at MCAS one year um, in Paris. <sighs> that sounded very very <laughs> awesome for a second uh, when we were in Paris at an MCAS meeting. And by the way. A lot of people go to those meetings. Tons. The last one, 15,000 participants. Yeah, That's the next a lot. one, I can't even get a hotel room for 2024. It's already booked up. I, I think I have mine already, so oh, it's good. Okay. Um, well, one of but I'll, I'll see what we can, I'll see if we can, I'll talk to my people and see what we can do for you. But uh, I, I think, you know, he, he asked me, he goes, he was about to go out on this panel. He goes, what has been, like, he was like looking to like, have me say something that he could take and go up on the panel with. 
and and it didn't work out because he goes he goes what's been your most effective marketing tool what what is it that that just grips your patients and gets them in the office to have surgery with you and I go it's my podcast I said our, our the podcast I do with Dr. Ravello is just a you know a most honest transparent broken down this is what the bare bones building blocks of plastic surgery are so that when patients come in they've already heard it and yeah. they and they come in ready to have their questions answered and they the okay I heard what you said and and I and I've and he looked at me and he's just like wow he goes but that's like a show that's like it's got entertainment value it's got like that's hard is that hard I was like, well, it's not hard for us because we just turn on the microphones and start talking. And they're like, well, who writes for you? I was like, we don't write. We I, have, just, I have gotten that before. Who are your writers? Uh, yeah, who are your yeah. writers? I'm like, uh, <laughs> me and uh, Dr. Uh, Ravello, that's our writers. Like, we just sit here and we're writing as we go. But that that has been, you know, really important to the practice because I think people, you know, when they hear us kind of talking about it, they go, okay, I get it. You know, because it's not, we're not sitting here trying to sell anything. We're not trying to convince anybody to come in for surgery. We're just trying to provide information in a way that people can have a clear shot at what, what they need to know. And I think that that's really effective, you know, in terms of, you know, getting people to know who we are. I think it's really effective because yeah. they just kind of hear it out of our mouths. Yeah, you know? it gives them the information they need. They kind of get a little bit of insight into who we are. They're like, oh, yeah, she's the dorky one that giggles and... You know, he's the confident, smooth one. Like, they get a sense of, like, who we are as people, and they either like us or they don't. If they like us, then they call and they listen. If not, then they leave a bad they, review. <laughs> they <laughs> shut it off. Please don't leave a bad review. <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually do okay on the reviews. But, you know, the truth is that I think that the the future of podcasting, you know, for practice like ours, I think I think it is a good idea. I mean, I think if you have a... You know, if you got three or four people in a group, I'm, I mean, that that's a great opportunity to do a podcast. I think, you know, and it, and it's not, you know, I, I don't think the people that are, you know, smartless listeners are going to listen to, you know, the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery podcast, but some of them might. And, you know, I, I know that our, our topic is very niche. So, like, we're not going to have, you know, three million downloads per episode, no. but, but, you know, we'll have, you know, 1,500 and we'll have, you know, four or 5,000 a month of people listening who are trying to get information, trying to learn. And, uh, I think that's pretty great. I think that that's been well worth it. I think our, our professional relationship to be able to work together and then to be able to talk about it here probably is why this goes the way that it goes. It's very smooth and, and we don't, we don't have to have writers. <laughs> we don't have to like have a script, which would, then, then this isn't happening. No. I mean, we, 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 we do clinic and surgery all day on Wednesdays, and then we just we show up here and we we talk, and that's that's about that's about how that goes. But we have a great studio. We have a great producer, Mr. Sean. Sean Gosser. So we Sean the man. We have our, some help guy. for sure in the background here. But that was it. That was you know, shout out to Kim. That was our podcast for her. You know how our our meet cute story and yeah. how this podcast got together. There you go. I think that's about all all for. Going forward, just expect a lot more. Yes. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to change that. Mm. I'm going to I'm going to go with the Jason Bateman on this one because they, he starts every like live podcast. He goes, "Listen, the way that you're going to do well with us and and have fun with this podcast is you can start by lowering your expectations." <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and he goes, that's going to make it easier for everyone. I think we're all going to be happier that way. So I, I, I hear him on that. But at the same time, I think people need to tune in and get some more info about plastic surgery. So for now, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at ravelloplasticsurgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Bye.